Hi, I'm Desiree, and this is Shargal Love Stories. It's our last episode of season one of Shargal Love Stories, and what better way to close it off than with Chris Alfaro, aka Free the Robots. Chris is an LA-based music producer who found himself in Shargao right at the beginning of the pandemic. He's the creator of our intro and outro track, Daku, 432 Hertz, which is currently playing in the background as we speak. And he talks in depth about the inspiration behind this beautiful song. I was blown away because I didn't know the meaning behind it, and I can't wait for you to hear more about it. In this conversation, you'll get to hear about Chris's past life in the city as one of the pioneering artists in LA's underground music scene and beat movement, his love of music, and the powerful connection between creativity and surfing, the importance of solitude, and just so much more. Every conversation I have with Chris, I just love, and to be honest, we could have gone for hours, but... We wanted to spare you your ears from our nerding out to music and artists and even deeper conversations about life and creative love and the pursuit of our creative passions. Despite the fact that he's low-key big in LA, having toured and played sets with artists like Flying Lotus and DJs from Selection Radio, Chris is just so humble and so down to earth, you'd never know he was this type of big city guy. He's just the best, and I'm excited for you to tune in. Hope you enjoy. I'm excited about this conversation because we're just going to talk about all of the things that we both collectively love. Yes, <laughs> yes, indeed. And, um, you know, the things that we talked about a lot, like music and creativity and art and our passions, you know, to be honest, I know. We talked about this before, but as much as I love Shargao and this island home that we have created mm-hmm. uh, so much, I miss that. Like I miss art and culture and that kind of talking about that stuff in so much detail and nerding out to these tracks and music just because it was such a huge part of my own past life as well, like living in Toronto and New York. And I'm sure that you can relate. But before, right? Yes. <laughs> but before we get into that, um, because I know we're going to go way too deep and talk for like hours. Do you remember how we met on this island? Well, <laughs> I do. <laughs> I do remember. So yeah, we were uh, kind of at a dinner, like a like a homie's dinner, and we were talking about music, and we ended up talking about. A mutual group that we liked and people that I have been working with in one way or another from back home and it was Soul Action and yeah. we kind of built on that and uh yeah shout out to Joe K shout out to the whole crew oh <laughs> I just got chills when you said that for a second because I was yeah. like it sounded like Soul Action Radio yeah. so <laughs> <laughs> Joe knows how to deepen his voice <laughs> so for those of you who don't know Soul Action is this kind of music collective based in LA and they curate these artists, these amazing artists. And for me, I mean, it was like life changing just because of the different types of, it's, it's almost like a discovery platform too. Like that's where I discovered Snow Allegra. That's where I discovered mm-hmm. Daniel Caesar. Oh yeah. Um, they, 
they know how to curate pretty well. I mean, yeah. as far as like new things going on and classics and I don't know, it's a, it's a good vibe and, and yeah, yeah, I miss being around that. <laughs> and so exactly. And so when I started talking to you, I felt like I was just so excited. Like even now I can't even articulate how <laughs> stoked I was to talk about that with you because it's been a while. Like in Shargao, we usually talk about, I mean, you know, surfing and like, what's the tide like? And, you know, yeah. and that's mostly what is on our minds, right? I mean, mm, you, can, oh, you and I, we're surfing buddies. So we're yeah, like, we when are we surfing? Where are we surfing? Where are we going? <laughs> and so it was almost very refreshing to talk about music that way. And to mm. kind of, I personally felt like connected to you instantly because I was like, oh my God. Music. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's talk about all the music. Yeah. And I, yeah, I mean, it was a definitely a refreshing conversation. And uh, I, f- <laughs> I feel like we need to have more of those. I know. Yeah. And then, and then you, yeah, you were mentioning that you were from LA. And then, and then I found out that you were like free the robots. And I was like, oh, you're, you're free the robots. Oh my God. Yeah. And, um, because I only when I'm like what that girl who only, I always ask people like, uh, you know, they're like, Oh, do you want to go to Harana? I'm like, okay, who's playing? (laughs) And I have to know who's playing first before I go. And I only play, or I only go when free the robots or J Roo is playing, but I didn't actually know the Chris behind that. (laughs) And so when I met you, I was like, Oh, I, put kind of like the free the robots name to the face. Mm-hmm. And that was pretty cool. And then we, be, we kind of became like good friends since, but yeah, I want to know just to give kind of people a little bit about yourself and your life before, you know, cause I only know you as Shargao Chris, mm-hmm. but you had this whole kind of life in LA and like, you know, us talking about before the lifestyle that you had, it was completely different from <laughs> yeah. the person that you kind of, or the people that know you now in Shargao, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, to be honest, it's, it's sort of a, there's a lot of pressure of, of uh, maintaining that identity as free the robots or, you know, that, that being part of that world. And I don't take anything back, but it's, it's just being here has been a refreshing uh, reset button, I guess. But I mean, I, I guess if we can go back, I mean, I can't like, it's a, what is Free the Robots or who, <laughs> what yeah. I was doing? No, what were you doing in LA and uh, like just even before you came to Shargao? Uh, I mean, I grew up living at record stores basically mm-hmm. and, and being around art and being around um, the scene the LA scene, whether just the, the left field scene, the, the, the weirdos and going to like punk houses and even um, just different clubs. And just, I got really into different types of genres of music and I decided to develop my own project. Eventually when music became accessible to create out of your own home, I used that as an opportunity to kind of, you know, work at my own pace. And I started free the robots. So Free the Robots is basically an experiment in different types of sound. There's no real genre that it's connected to, but it's kind of rooted through hip hop, I guess. Mm-hmm. Electronically made hip hop that sometimes I work with MCs and sometimes mainly I just make 
weird psychedelic jazz music, you know, yeah. cinematic stuff. But yeah, I mean, I, I never envisioned that to be my career. I, I guess right place, right time, right people. I mean, being in LA and being around a certain group of friends that, that we built each other up and we just kind of found each other somehow. And during the early 2000s mm-hmm. and even the late 90s, um, just from being weirdos. So it was so refreshing to be around a bunch of weirdos that you uh, could relate with. You're like, oh, we could build a community. So long story short, that <laughs> it weirdly became a career. Yeah. And, from, you, yeah. and you started that, um, you said when you were 20, in your mid-20s, you started a restaurant or like a bar kind of restaurant. Oh, yeah. We were talking about that before. Um, yeah. Eventually, you know, I did, I, you know, I didn't see a future in music. So I kind of wanted to put my, my uh, focus on different moves. So one, one being a restaurant. So I came up, um, me and my friends came up with this concept to have a start a, a restaurant slash music venue bar that, mm-hmm. that turned into quite possibly one of the most influential music, musically influential places yeah. in yeah. Southern California at Definitely. that time. It was crazy. And, we did it for the love of doing it. We we honestly didn't see it as a huge moneymaker, but at the same time, we just like wanted to live on our own terms and be around the people we wanted to be with and get introduced to new things and stay, you know, with updated with music. Um, people who came in and out of there from Soul Election, they were the first Sound of Tomorrow's came, um, started at the Crosby. Um, the, yeah, yeah. Uh, the Low End Theory crew, Everyone from Gas Lamp Killer to Flying Lotus and the Beat Junkies, like, like OGs that I've always looked up to. They right. they called it their their home. House Shoes from Detroit, D- Jay Dilla's DJ. Ugh. A lot of people made it through that place and f- they just called it home somehow. Yeah. You know, like it was just kind of a family that we built. Yeah, we did that for like eight years. That's so wild. Yeah. Can I tell you, you know what I was listening to this morning? What's that? Selection 120. (laughs) (laughs) I found it. And I was like, oh, my God. I know I keep mentioning Selection, but it's like, I just love it so much. And it was, you know, again, founded in L.A. in 2011. I've just been a huge fan since day one. Mm -hmm. Um, But so I was listening to your show and it was like you, Illa J., yeah. Frank Knit and Esta, who's like OG yeah. um selection crew, doing like a Jay Dilla tribute. Exactly. That's funny ah! that we just got into that. I was like, no way. Yeah. Like it just made my morning just listening to that. It was just the sickest. That's so funny. Do you I remember totally, doing I, that I show in KB? Completely totally remember that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean Joe Joe had started a um it was the Sound of Tomorrow wasn't at the Crosby yet, but um there was like another uh, event that he would do with uh, my buddy Artie and Kofi and, and they, it was just another like off out there party and he was playing all this crazy music. And then, you know, we, we just clicked and he invited me to play on his show and, you know, we're all fans of Dilla and it was like oh. a Dilla, you know, tribute yeah. and with Dilla's brother, Illa J is Dilla's brother. So yeah. And like <laughs> everything just kind of sprouted from there. Like, that's how, yeah. I like how much do you miss live shows? Because it's 
It was, I, mean, I, I tell you, it was my life before this. I was an arts and entertainment editor for three or four years at, in like this, the, like my college paper, but it was just, my life was like all shows, all concerts, right. you know, and you know, all the bar owners and stuff, they would know me and I would always get these passes and stuff. And then it became this whole career where I would write music for brands or like write um, about music events and stuff for covering for different brands on social media and all this stuff. So the music festivals, all the, the stuff, I just miss live shows. Yeah. Like none other. And you, you play at it. Like you probably, that was your, I mean, it definitely was your whole life. For the past 10 years, maybe I've been touring as Free the Robots, but I've always been a DJ for like over 20 years and I've just been in that world and it's, I, I miss it. Um, mm. But I'm also pretty burnt out from it too, <laughs> uh-huh. because running the Crosby at the same time as when I was developing my career as Free the Robots and there became a demand for us, our, our group um, in different parts of the world. And we we're like, wow, this is like becoming a thing, you know? So I, I was touring a lot, going to Europe, like two times a year, going to wow. Asia, like two times a year and South America and all that stuff, even the Middle East. And, uh, we honestly didn't know why, but it was very, it was kind of draining after a while. Yeah, totally. Cause you know, back home I would, you know, play the background and, and, and host friends and artists and also, handle the sound and all that stuff. But when I was on the road, I was playing the other front ground and performing and tours are just intense where you can be like, you're the first one there last to leave and you have to get on a flight the next day at 6am to do the same thing over and over again. You must've had so many like cool experiences though from that. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm extremely thankful for, being able to experience that for sure. And mm-hmm. to experience that with our own friends, like our own so like cool. Los Angeles community. I'd be running into friends at the airport, like, oh, where are you going? And like, we'd be like, oh, I'm going there too. And we're like, oh, we're on the same bill or something. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just years of that. And I, <laughs> it still boggles my mind that that even happened. But, you know, to be here is... A chance to um, not let go of that, but not necessarily have to identify with myself as Free the Robots all the time. Ladies loving my music, it's like some sex shit. Niggas trying to grip up my mic like it's a dig. Run around the corner to pick up the new shit. That's just in the deck so niggas can catch back. I'm the motherfucker grip up the mic like it's a joke. Niggas fall in love with the music like it's a hole. Put down your mic, you lost your whole world. You take it too seriously like it's a gamble. Fuck this rap shit, I listen to classical. In the studio, new ass, usual. Love it, my lyrical. For bitches that you would know, I'm out of this. Cause you wanna be below Y'all niggas in love with the S Y'all niggas in love with the S It's crazy because you're like my surfing buddy And we jokingly call you Tito Chris (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's my name. You're like annoyingly chill and stress-free. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've but, stressed out enough in my life. <laughs> but yesterday, 
I just, I Googled search you. Oh no. Creepily. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> just to like prepare for this podcast. And you're like low key big. No. In LA. Yes. You were, <laughs> you know, you're talking about this. You were one of the kind of pioneering artists that coming out of LA's underground music scene and, and beat movement. And then you were mentioning that you shared stages with Flying Lotus who won a Grammy recently, which is super yeah, cool. congratulations. Yeah. And, and Thundercat, Mr. Thundercat Thunder. and like, <laughs> and all this stuff. And then even on your Spotify alone, you have 41,000 monthly listeners. So you have like this huge following of people who are like such big fans of you. And I'm like, Tito Chris, like what? I, I never pay attention to that because it affects me in some weird way. <laughs> no, but I'm like, so just kind of like describing what's your life like now in Shargao and how is it different and like why kind of essentially did you find yourself living here or you know staying here for like a whole year or however long you you just decided to stay here mm. well um I, I, I don't know it was just that time I I lived a pretty stressful life before this you know and mm. when I started picking up surfing and taking it a little bit more seriously mm-hmm. And, you know, I always enjoyed the Philippines. I know, you know, it's, it's, it's a, something I always wanted to experience living here. Mm-hmm. And so happened I found this beach and really got into surfing. And uh, it goes hand in hand with my creative process because it's meditative. It's, uh, it gets you in that flow moment. It's the same, it's the same process of like... Uh-huh getting on a wave or losing yourself on a piano. You go to the same place, same source and it it's helping. I've been recording. I pretty much record every day Um, at least open up my studio equipment every day. And whether or not I record something, I'm at least kind of jamming or messing around with music, but yeah, it goes hand in hand with what I already do and living in Chargao's (laughs) For one, I don't have to, I live on the east side of LA, basically, like, or it's super northeast. And it's so far from any break that I, I literally have to drive like an hour away, spend all this gas money. And then like, it's like an hour and a half to get back because it's traffic by the time it's not, it's not, it's not even like, it's just stressful surf and it's not even that good, you know, (laughs) I, I serve Dogtown. I, I'm I'm a Venice guy, you know, but there's nothing that can take on like Pisangan or something like that. Cemetery, Cemetery yes. yeah, Stimpies. Like we don't have breaks like that next to me back home. Mm-hmm. And you know, back home, I found myself surfing every day, anyways. And I would surf by myself because uh, not a lot of my friends are um, super into surfing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's just, it's part of living in the city. It's, it's a, being in the city and being from part of the street culture is not really something that you would associate with surfing. Like if the culture is different or I don't know, there's always this kind of like, what you surf, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's something I fell in love with and it's a necessity in my life now. Wow. And now Shargao is, is the place that does it for me. I love what you're saying. I was actually going to go get into that about mm-hmm. like the flow state. And there's so many similarities I find 
when it comes to creativity and that creative process and surfing, like what you said, that flow state Mm -hmm. and getting into that kind of like rhythm. Cause you know, the days during surf where you're like, I mean, for me, I'm like, today is going to be a shitty surf because I'm just not, my head is, my headspace isn't there and my confidence isn't there. And I know it's like, you know, when it's a good surf because it's almost like, for me, at least when I catch a good wave, it's like, I almost like black out. Cause it yeah. was like, you know, it's like, I don't even remember that wave because it was exactly that this like rhythm. Mm-hmm. And so there is a huge similarity when it comes to like creativity and surfing. Huge, huge. And it, 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 sometimes surfing like records too. Like there's sometimes I'll, I'll catch a wave and mm. it is so good or I've learned something new and done something new that it like, you take it home with you basically and you just replay that wave in your head and that split X amount of seconds you're on that wave can turn into an eternity basically just because surfing is a subconscious thing. Uh, It's a habitual act that you have to continue to do. And I mean, you're semi-conscious doing it because yeah, you have to be, but really though, like how much are you really thinking while you're on that wave? Yeah. Yeah. So the more you do that, the more you build um, something new. It's it's, uh, your brain changes and everything like your body changes. Your thought patterns change everything. Yeah. Yeah. It's a completely different, almost, it's just a completely different experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's kind of the same when you're experimenting with music. Uh, Myself, I like to go in weird directions musically and I'll be literally just closing my eyes for like 30 straight minutes and not even thinking about anything, not even thinking about what I'm doing. I'm just in it. It's the exact same thing as surfing. Yeah. Do you have like a specific creative process? Like say if you want to create a track or something, like does something come to your mind when I've always just been so curious about producers especially yeah and so like as a producer as someone who creates music how does everything kind of come up i know every track is different and every kind of um you know uh, mix or whatever is different for you but maybe just give us a little taste on what goes on um i pay a lot attention a lot to textures a lot of a lot of the music that i try to work on is like super visual and um can tell I've done a good amount of psychedelics in my day, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, um, there's there's really no mathematics to the process. It's just you just open you open up the program and you go. I mean, I'll start like I pay attention to drums a lot, and sometimes I'll just work on drums for like hours, chopping drums up, and then. I'll get on the keys or mess around with samples and turn it into something. It's, it's really like improvisational Mm. and it's not, there's no format really. I think the pressure of having a format destroys the, the process, you know, and it's not something you try to think about. You just feel it. Yes. You know? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love it.
So I want to get into creative love. And that is a huge thing for me. And when I was talking about creating Shargat love stories, I talk about the many different types of love. Mm -hmm. And for me, creative love is huge. And there is this quote by uh, Clarissa Pinkola Estes. And she says, so beautiful. Creativity is the love of something. Having so much love for something, whether a person, a word, an idea, an image, a land, or humanity, Mm -hmm. that all that can be done with the overflow is to create. Wow. It is not a matter of wanting to, not a singular act of will, one solely must. I agree. (laughs) And. So you consider yourself a creator and a maker. What do you, what do you love about it? Like what and why does it feed your soul and compels you to like kind of create these things? Even you're not in LA anymore. Now you're on this Island. Like why do you still um, spend your time and spend, you know, your life? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, be- it became a necessity at since I was young. Um, it was more of an identity thing. I don't know. I was in a, uh, where I lived was in, in, in those days, it was very, uh, you can get into weird shit like being in, in where I was. And, you know, there was a, uh, it was the nineties and it was like the gang thing happened. Like it was like a lot of friends were going into different worlds and that was around. And I ended up, you know, following the path of music. So I got really into hip hop and discovering music through record stores like literally just having hour-long conversations with record store owners and, and spending all of my time understanding music before me so got super into jazz music mm-hmm. psychedelic rock music weird experimental stuff piano music outside of hip-hop because hip-hop always sampled this music but i decided to go deeper and try to understand like what music hip-hop was sampling and it started. Yes. Yeah. The origins of it. The origins or, of yeah. it. Yeah. And it just molded my mind. I had this huge respect for these musicians, these creators who probably didn't really have much a career in their time. You know, they're like, we, we hear all these, we hear like people like Jimi Hendrix and, and the Doors and, you know, Miles Davis, all great musicians, all people who made their mark in the world. But there's so much, there's a lot deeper other musicians that, that never really were heard. And I spent a lot of my time trying to discover all these people. And uh, I just wanted to continue with the process of that by creating, like, I'm kind of being part of that. You're kind of making this stamp of you, you know wow. what I mean? It's gonna, that's going to exist forever, whether, you know, the, till the day I die and then, pass on to the next kid at, in the record stores like 20, 30, 40 years later, who's going to, who's going to be like, what is this? Free the robots. It's weird. Oh my God. And they're going to, yeah, it's just, it's just an endless thing. Like I was so inspired by musicians before me and it's good to be part of this transformation of creativity, moving culture along. This is what it is. This is what creators do. It's artists are the people who kind of, what is it? I, I've heard some, quote as I don't even know who said it but it was like artists disturb the com- disturb the comfortable but comfort the disturbed or something oh yeah and I was like hmm 
I get it. Because I was that kind of disturbed kid growing up that wasn't completely satisfied with, you know, what, you know, as an, as an American, you know, you're kind of given this package of this is acceptable and, you know, all being weird is, is, is you're just a weirdo. But if it's in you, you want, if you want to discover a little bit more out there, you search for that. Yeah. You search it becomes for an outlet. Yeah, it becomes an outlet. Yeah. It saved me completely. Yeah. In selection too, going back to that, and though I just kind of read this article about, you know, we need healing and music yeah. becomes this medicine. Mm-hmm. And it's so, it's a, such an important part of that. And Joe Kay was saying, you know, he's heard people saying that, you know, they've, other people have been close to suicidal or have like kind of these really, you know, like issues or things like that and tuning in or turning in and finding selection at a weird moment in their lives and boosted them. Yeah. It's the vibrations. Music is vibrations. This is making you do things. This is really like tingling your bones and your subconscious. If we really want to go on like a scientific level of what music really is, you're essentially kind of toying with human autonomous functions just by playing music. Yeah. So like, okay, for instance, Daku, uh, the song that is in the intro. That yes. I, I wanted to talk about that. Yeah. yeah. So if, if the name of it is Daku and then, and I put 432 Hertz and this is like super nerdy, but I recorded that at 432 Hertz because that's supposed to be like the healing frequency of music. It's supposed to calm you down. So I, that, that, that song was purposely made like pretty much on a, you know, to, to calm you down. And this was, I made that song at the beginning of like the pandemic, basically. Stop it. Yeah. It was just, uh, if you listen to the Malinao EP, it's, it's extremely cinematic and like turned down. It's not normally what I used to do, but, but it was a, it was an, an EP that I had to record at that time. It's just how the music came out. I did not know about this. Yeah. And now it just makes everything just even more meaningful than it, because this is how I discovered yeah. Daku. I, um, you were one of the, and you know this, you were one of the very first people I told about my idea for creating Shargal mm-hmm. Love Stories. I was like, Chris, my fellow creative <laughs> man, you know, on this island, um, I have this idea, and we were in Bravo. Do you remember? Yeah. <laughs> and I, I was like, it. what are you doing? Because I yeah. saw that you were creating something on one of the programs. And then I was telling you my idea. And then after, I really felt so happy to kind of get your approval on this because you were like, I love it. It sounds, it sounds great, and I'm really excited about it. And so that was really exciting for me. But... So then when it started coming to be, like, I actually started, you know, uh, recording an interview. I got my little microphone and I was like, okay, music time. I need an intro and an outro. Yeah. So I kind of subscribed to one of those, you know, like the, some, some service where you can purchase like the basic, basic tracks. <laughs> and I spent like two hours being like, no, 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 God, no, yeah. you know? And then I think it was the day we had a conversation at Whitebeard that lasted for like 
We had like a three, three hour hours. conversation. Yeah, which was so cool. Yeah. And then I said, oh shit, why don't I just see if Free the Robots has something on his Spotify? And I saw Daku. It was the first track I saw because yeah. I saw, you know, Daku is the where we surf and it's the island here in Shargao. And I closed my eyes and listened to it. And I was like, oh my God. Yeah. Done. Yeah. Done. It was like everything made sense. And I could just picture Shargao love stories becoming a thing. Mm-hmm. And now that you said that, you literally, it, it was supposed to be kind of this healing. Yeah. That's hypnotized huge. you. That it was all part of the plan. <laughs> that was all part of the plan. <laughs> I love that so much. Yeah. So you kind of incorporate those kind of just like little, almost like um, Easter eggs or yeah, little, little, little details like details. that. Yeah. Uh, it just gives it an extra soul. And then when I started studying a little bit more about frequencies and in music and how certain frequencies can make you feel a certain way. That's when I started to like incorporating that into my music. And it really started when I got here, to be honest. Wow. Yeah. Because a lot of, a lot has changed since I've gotten here. Like everything from me wanting to kind of not necessarily let go of my identity, but I had to make space for something new and being on this Island and, just uh, with all these new people, this amazing people that I've been meeting and, and being around nature all the time and surf, being in paradise, basically. Uh, there's no ego you take with you in this journey, in this part of the trip, you know? this um okay feature article mm. eight years ago that I oh found my god in my eight years ago <laughs> <laughs> and the question is what so the question that they asked you in the article was what is the importance of community like creative contemporary supportive appreciators infrastructure like labels venues etc what is the importance of community in creating quality art how do you think Free the Robots would be different if you'd come up in a completely different location? Mm. Right? And your answer... Oh my God. <laughs> you ready? Your answer was, for, for myself, the actual creative process is a solitary thing. Ah. Oh, you're like, oh, good. Cool. I didn't screw that one up. <laughs> so quality art would be created regardless of surroundings, but it can't stop there. Community is very important in order to keep this going in terms of inspiration, collaboration, etc. Damn, was that that cool in <laughs> eight years ago? I was like, damn. Who's Chris? that? Whose man is this? <laughs> Creativity starts as a selfish thing, but it needs to keep moving and community is key. I feel lucky to be a part of the LA movement in its beginnings because of how collaborative and helpful the energy is here. 
things might have been different somewhere else, but if the music is good and it's out there, people will find it somehow. Yeah. So much to unpack here though, because like, how do you feel about that quote now and the community here in Shargao? Because it is a solitary thing, but how much of the community do you kind of uh, influence, like, are you influenced by or inspired by? Because um, for me, at least, like, Daku sounds like very Daku. It, yeah. it sounds like I am in Shargao. Sounds like a chill wave. Uh, yes. <laughs> and like that's why I loved, wave. I was obsessed with the track when I heard it. So how much of the surroundings, how much of the community, and, like, on top of that, do you feel like there is a community or you're trying to work towards having some sort of arts and culture and music community in Shardau? Yeah, there is a community here. It's not like, you know, clearly LA, the, being around that was just overwhelmingly like everybody was just on each other's. In LA. Yeah. Yeah. Just growing up in that music community, especially like through the low end theory and the Crosby, it was just uh, not necessarily overwhelming, but, it was just so abundant and yeah, it's a hard, it's a hard thing to top in terms of a, like a wild music community. But in Shargao, there's clearly people that are into amazing stuff. Uh, I get put on game all the time, but it's not, that's not what I'm necessarily looking for as much anymore. Like what the city had provided for me is yeah. different here. Gotcha. Like, like I said, surfing and just, being around nature and being in certain flow states is also create, helping the creative process. So if I'm not out, you know, at a street corner listening to some jazz band ripping or like out at, at low in theory on Wednesday night, watching fly low, destroy the speakers. It's, it's different here. Like I surf with people that are just like, Oh my God, I'm super this is amazing. Like people are so good here. And that's, that's more like the energy that I get yes. now. So that's like, it's not necessarily like the creative uh, music creativity and, you know, being in record stores all the time, but it is in so some way or form. Type. Yeah. It's still a different type of community that is inspiring in another way. Yes. You know, it, it, yes. yeah, I a thousand percent agree too. And it's like, also, you know, for myself as a writer and uh, like I used to do a lot of the like, journalism stuff. So that's where a lot of the podcast kind of stuff comes in. Yeah. The inspiration, it's a different type of inspiration, like you said, a different type of stimuli. almost, mm-hmm. Right. Because you get, I'm, you know, living in Toronto, living in New York, it's like what events are going on? Who are yeah. the, you have different types of conversations. Definitely. Exactly. Right? You get into like, you know, I know I get into a lot of politics and stuff more and like, it's a different type of whole experience and a whole mindset, but it doesn't, there's no like one inspiration is better than the other inspiration. Like it doesn't, it doesn't go like that. See, yeah. I mean, in the city and like being in this music community, it was a direct inspiration that was just like, could almost be a negative thing in a way because like you're influenced by another sound maybe, or, you know, sometimes you want to be in solitude and create your own sound, but it's like you said, it's a different stimuli, but these different stimuli can hit you in a certain way that can inspire you in different ways. Uh, it's hard yeah, for me to yeah, like articulate yeah, it in no, a way, but it's just because it's not necessarily a direct uh, musical mm-hmm. or experience uh, doesn't mean it's not 
just as inspiring. Like our experiences here, like you could literally be taking a bike ride to the north and get the same type of inspiration. Not the same thing, but you're clearly inspired by something. By maybe you're just listening to tunes or something. And you're by yourself and your hair is glistening in the wind. (laughs) (laughs) I want to go back to that, actually, when you talked about it being a solitary thing. And we've spoken about this before, and especially in the pandemic, where, you know, especially for me, at least the first two months, I, like, spent time in, in solitude. And there's this quote, I think it's by Picasso, but it said, without great solitude, no serious work is possible. I agree. Yeah. And um, even for me, and you talk about going to the North, I, I feel like it's, solitude is such a luxury. Solitude is so important and necessary, at least for me, um, to disconnect and just like be alone with my thoughts. And I feel like I can spend days, like days by myself up North, coming back refreshed and like rejuvenated. And some of my best or most successful projects I've done in solitude or thought about it. And even this, you know, podcast itself was like formed with me ruminating in my room 14 days of quarantine in in Malinau when I came back from Canada to here. And like, what is, what, how important is solitude to you and in, in your art and, and, you know, fueling the creativity that you need? Yeah. um, Solitude is definitely, I mean, I said it eight years ago. Say it the same thing today. So true, right? And um, it's it's where you really can discover yourself. I mean, the creative process is not necessarily. I mean, I get the collaborations, and you can do this stuff with other people. But for me, as a producer and someone who's just trying to experiment and try to make new sounds, that comes from another source. I can't be around too many people while I'm doing that. I'll be in my room. I'll literally disappear for like two weeks at a time. People won't even see me. And when they do seem like, where have you been? Yeah. It's because sometimes, and sometimes it's not, okay, it's, it's amazing to be in solitude but it's all, and creating, but it also takes you to another space. I feel like when you're actually creating something out of thin air, you, you tap into another source. So you can't be like really conscious of things around you. You know, I mean, that's why a lot of people, when they're in the zone, their eyes are closed. Yes. You know, they're they're not trying to be affected by normal life. And sometimes I get like, I don't know, my apologies to anybody. If I've ever been weird to anybody, it's probably because I've been recording for like four hours straight or something. Uh-huh. <laughs> because you literally are in outer space. And to come back to Earth, you become a vegetable a little bit or you start zoning out. Mm-hmm. Granted, Stargal is a place that can keep you in check. Uh, you don't have, you're, you're not going too far. Sometimes in the city or my past lifestyle, I would just completely just shut down. There would be no social life for a long time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, this is a place that you're able to keep a balance of a, of a social life and a creative life as long as you separate the two. <laughs> yeah. But solitude is, uh, it allows you to, to really discover yourself. Like you don't have a, you have a big void to fill. Not, not, not even, I wouldn't even call it a void. It's just, you're just doing your thing. And it's not that, it's, it, you can't be like 100% closed door to it, but it's mm-hmm. just one of those things where um, 
solitude can help you create. Yeah. And just discover yourself like the real you, you know. That creative love is strong. And it is very a lot strong. of people don't talk about it as yeah. much. People talk about romantic love. People talk about other different types of love. But creative love is, is super powerful and super strong. Yeah. It's when it becomes a necessity, when it becomes not necessarily your escape, it becomes your like, this is who I am. This is, uh, this is my identity at this point. How, are you going to live here forever? Am are I going to gonna... live here? I don't know. <laughs> I'm Sagittarius. I'm a free spirit. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, I do. I feel the connection here. Um, I'm still, still learning what it feel, what it's like to still learning yeah. To I've I've had this crazy, you know, all my life I had this oh in LA in the city in this crazy art world and, and Free the Robots and the Crosby and Low End Theory, everything was attached to this name and this lifestyle. It's for the first time it's I feel like when I'm in the island, you know, like kinda hiding out. Not hiding out, but it's just I'm discovering a new part of myself and uh new ways of thinking. People that you know, I'm not necessarily, we probably wouldn't have uh, hung, out, hung out with, you know what I mean? Like, and you just meet them on this island and there's no egos here that, yes. that are affecting my thought process or, or my openness to whatever situation that may arise from living here. It's such an amazing place I mean, it wasn't necessarily the island that attracted me to this place. And clearly it's a beautiful place and there's amazing surf, but it was these conversations I had with people that I understood and just the company. It was so easy. You just like drive, get on a motorbike and you run into somebody and you're like, Hey, what are you doing? End up on a weird adventure. These ventures always are just shooting at you. There's really no place like it. There's no place like this place. Thank you times a million to Chris. Again, he was one of the first people I told about Shargao Love Stories and his support and guidance has been everything. And thank you for lending us Daku for the podcast. Ugh, I still can't believe it was literally created to help us all heal during the pandemic. Just beautiful. And so if you see him on the island, he's the friendliest guy ever. So just strike up a conversation with him. I know he always finds a way to connect with just about anyone. So that wraps up our first season of Shargal Love Stories and what a trip, really. We've had thousands of listeners from the Philippines and all over the world tuning in and taking in all these stories. And I'm so grateful for your love and interest in our little island. And this is just the tip of the iceberg. There are so, so much more stories to be shared and super interesting people we want to feature in the next season ahead. You're gonna love it. We're just taking a quick little break to recharge and maybe surf a ton before we get right back into it. And if you're interested in contributing to our little creative love project, visit the link in our bio or buymeacoffee.com slash love to donate. Any small amount, big or small, will help towards improving our sound quality and production, especially for season two. We'll be using the funds towards upgrading our little USB mic from Lazada to better sound equipment for a better listener experience. 
It's been a dark year for everyone in the world. Um, but I'm hoping you found some hope and light through these stories and voices from all different walks of life. Sending all of my love and light to you from Shargao. Bye for now.